it's back. Neighbours officially returned on Monday the 18th of September 2023. A date for the ages. Neighbours returned with a new chapter and dare I say, a new hope. This is where we left each character in the epic finale. Therese had taken back evil business overlord Paul Robinson for the 550,000th time. They were last spotted kissing by Lasseter's Lake. Toadie and Mel joined forces in an epic wedding which coincidentally also was near Lasseter's Lake. Chloe decided to take Ellie back, even though we all know she deserves better. Leo, David, Aaron, Nicolette and Isla decided not to move to New York. Charlene and Scott returned, despite having never shown any interest in coming back to the street when either of their children lived there and when their son was stuck down a well for a significant portion of time. Notably, Kylie spoke less than five words, but that was because we all now know she was saving her voice for the epicness that is Padam Padam. Hollywood actor Guy Pearce reprised perhaps his most well-known role, that of Mike from Neighbours, who was, of course, reunited with the love of his life, playing Jane, Superbrain. And of course, Susan Kennedy, the goat, did the closing monologue, while a giant inflatable pig exploded in the sky, raining glitter and confetti down on the dozen ends of the street, which is technically a cul-de-sac. Fasten your seatbelts. It's going to be a bumpy night. You don't understand. This is a liar. How can you think that I'm her dad when we both look exactly the same age? We do not look the same age. I was being kind. Wait, I'm going to hypnotize her. I hereby christen this Barbie camper Priscilla, Queen of the Desert. Hello and welcome to this episode of Pop Goes the Tam Tam. I feel like I need a cup of tea and a long sit down in a very dark room after that epic opening crawl. But that's right, Neighbours has finally returned to our screens via Freebie on Amazon. (laughs) Gotta get that plug in. They're not paying me, but still, maybe they will one day. Just a note on spoilers. I am going to spoilerize the first week of The Neighbours Return. So if you don't want to hear any of those things, alternately, if you don't know what Neighbours is and you're thinking, why am I listening to this? Is it a new Star Wars spin-off? Yes. Yes, it is a new Star Wars spin-off. Gosh, what's happened in the last two years? All roads lead back to Ramsey Street. I'm back. Something's never changed. I'm on my way. I do really want to know more about you. 
sounds like a pretty close-knit neighbourhood. Hello, everyone. Yeah. Maybe the action set overly friendly neighbours. Got our daughter involved in this. You just gotta give it a go. Well, we found a date on the calendar and went for it. I want you to find out exactly what she's been doing since she's been here. Why would she not make her presence known? Because she is a spy. I'm worried about what I'll say. I'm worried that there'll be no coming back from it. I'm on my way. She's one amazing woman. I have been keeping something from you. Without help, I can't make it stop. Why didn't you tell me who you are? Not having second thoughts about today, are you? So, in the opening episode, it's established that we have jumped two years into the future from the epic finale. So, my question is, and this is rhetorical, you can answer it if you want, but I won't be able to hear you. Can Neighbours Now be considered the first ever sci-fi soap opera? Question mark. Because I think Star Trek's kind of got that. But I am here going on record calling Neighbours the first ever sci-fi soap opera. And I love it for Ramsey Street. It feels very on brand. Let's not forget, this is a show that also hosted a first. The first ever dog wedding that was a dream. And I also want to say how great... 2026 2027 looks in terms of not being on fire or flooded it looks like we're going to be living in a wonderful period of time not that dissimilar to the one we currently live in (laughs) and I for one am glad because I was worried in all seriousness though I really enjoyed the use of the time jump device I think it was applied very interestingly. It enabled us to have things like the Rodwell family have gone from being this awkward newbies to now they're the centre, the heart of the community, they're part of the community. And that was really good. I don't think it would have worked so well if we had just picked up a week after the finale because there were a number of people who were shown in that finale who did not return to the show most notably at the top are Aaron, David, Nicolette and their daughter Isla they were not on the show Aaron and David have had this big falling out with Paul and have apparently left the street now I'm just going to say something I feel that Paul not turning up for his wedding to Therese being the thing that pushed his son David over the edge to deciding that he was going to pack up his entire life and leave the street with his husband and daughter seems the most bonkers thing they could possibly have done considering, let's not forget, for the people at the back, (laughs) the time when... Paul bought their daughter or bought a child he thought was their daughter and then told the biological mother of said child never to return to the street where coincidentally her mother also lived. 
so never to see Jane again either. And also that time when Paul invested in the shed and then treated Aaron, David's husband, like a servant. (laughs) Yes, not turning up at this wedding. That was the thing. (laughs) Glenn and Kiri also did not return. And we got a piece of dialogue that said they were living in a place called Magnetic Island. Now, I thought, oh, is this a sci-fi reference? But no, actually, I looked it up, I googled it, and Magnetic Island is an island in West Point, Australia, and my goodness, it looks beautiful. Congratulations, Glenn and Kiri. You have won the human lottery. Not sure what other lotteries there are. (laughs) Levi Canning and Freya were also absent, but no reason was given for this. I can only assume that with neighbours, they're probably in some form of witness protection. Actually, just spiralling as I usually do. Could this mean that the whole of Ramsey Street, the whole cul-de-sac has been moved somewhere and they're all in witness protection they've been domed so i've covered who hasn't come back to the street let's talk about some notable cameos for a start we had misha barton as reese st Clair, or for a little bit she was going as reese peters who was revealed to be one of the silent partners in the new Lassiter's Sinclair deal and that she has been hooking up with the brand new head-swapped Byron Stone. And I just want to take a moment to say how much I like this new version of Byron. That's not to say I didn't like the old one. I didn't really care for the old one. He came in two minutes before the end. The only thing I remember is that when he announced that he was a gigolo, the picture of Nell Mangle fell to the floor dramatically. That was it. That's all I remember. But this Byron, played by the actor Xavier Monalou, has only been in four episodes and I find him very engaging. But it's so strange that he looks so much like Mike, considering that his mum is now been apparently dating Mike for two years. This is so strange because he looks like Mike's love child. (laughs) Imogen and Daniel also made an appearance. I have to say I absolutely loved Imogen in her yellow bridesmaid gown. I think it really suited her and also I think the actors in question, Ariel Kaplan and Tim Phillips did such an amazing job of slipping back into their roles and I never thought I would say this but I would be happy to see Imogen and Daniel come back to the street for a longer term stint and of course both Harold Bishop the original goat and Mike from Neighbours also reprise their roles. There's a lot to talk about with these first episodes, but I really want to focus in on two things. 
The first thing is how they've dealt with the finale. And the second thing is the mysterious wedding. But let's start with the finale. I think it would be no stretch to say that part of the finale not only focused on wrapping up a 30 plus year soap, but it also focused on one or two characters in particular. And one of those notable characters was our Melanie. That's right. She had her wedding to Toady. But before we even got to the finale, there was so much lead up with Melanie. There was the whole Toady Amy thing, Harold thinking that she wouldn't be a very good stepmother. And by the finale, all of this had been resolved. Melanie was proved to be a good stepmother. The tension between Toadie and Amy had dissipated and she got her happy ending. The very symbol of Melanie, which is pigs, was everywhere in the finale. But in this new chapter, although we got a flashback with Melanie, they went out of their way to make sure that we knew that everything about the finale had been undone only in regards to her character and her relationship with Toadie. Turned out she wasn't a very good stepmother. She actually left Toadie and the children in the middle of the night with only a letter. She gave Therese a symbolic pig when she was going to renew her nuptials with Paul. Therese later found this pig before her own wedding and then Toadie threw it in the bin, thereby underlining the fact that not only does Melanie not have a place in his heart anymore, but we should kind of forget about the finale in terms of her character and everything that it meant. Personally, I found this quite strange, especially when we know that the actress is still part of the cast and will be returning at some point. All I can assume is that there was more to Melanie leaving than meets the eye and that there might be a tuggo love. I now want to just turn to the perspective of Nell and Hugo Rebecca, who in the last, what are we going to say, 2019, so let's say in the last seven years with the timeline in the show, have been through three mother figures, one that was their actual biological mother. They have attended two weddings of their father now. Spoiler. (laughs) And they're not even in their mid to late teens. I mean, Hugo is still a young child and Nell is 13. This is so much stuff that they really should be in counselling for. (laughs) Because let's face it, neither of them are ever going to have normal relationships with romantic partners, given their dad's history (laughs) of cycling through women. I also remember the days of 2021 and 2022 
when the fan forums, I know I'm one of these people, were full of people who were not on board with the Toadie and Mel relationship and how hard the writers had to work to get them to a state where now people were genuinely surprised that they weren't together. The writers had done such a good job of making them a believable couple and working so hard on that that I just can't fathom why they've gone and put a bomb under this relationship when it was perfectly serviceable. Especially when you consider that Guy Pierce will not be staying in Neighbours past these next couple of episodes. So not only are we going to lose an established relationship in terms of Mel and Toady, but we're also going to lose this amazing relationship that started in one episode in the finale. We're losing that as well. And it means that although we're getting new couples on the street, the only couple that we've spent any extended period with and we know anything really about is Carl and Susan. Nay. I'm going to say something controversial to Neighbours fans. But I am wondering whether Jared Toadfish Rebecca, aka Toadie, has actually gone past the point where the character should still be on Ramsey Street. Because evidently the writers weren't sure where to go next with the Rebecca family. And we saw this after the death of Sonia. It felt like every day in the Rebecca household was set back at a restart where Dee was Andrea and Andrea was Dee and we could never get out of that loop. For me, where Toadie worked better as a character was when him and Sonia were just living their lives with their daughter and their son and that was just normal because you do need and in these soaps you need some baseline of normality you need a family or a couple who are kind of okay they just tick along things happen but they are just ticking along in the background and I think at some point the writers were we need to do something with Toady something more with him I feel they've done too much He doesn't always have to be the centre of all these storylines. And I'm really terrified at some point that Dee's going to come back and that whole vicious cycle will start again just with a new cast of characters. Oh my God. Dee Mageddon. While we're on the subject of Toady, let's talk about the wedding. So, I did my very best to keep away from all spoilers. I'm aware that I think the couple in the wedding was spoiled for the Australian audience. But over here in the UK, there was much less spoilers going on. So I avoided them. I kind of thought that it might be Mike and Jane or Paul and Therese. And I was 50% correct. (laughs) Yes, it was that famous wedding of Jane and Therese. (laughs) Actually, I'd be down for that. That'd be quite enjoyable. (laughs) No, it turned out that Therese was getting married. The central mystery of the first two episodes was 
who's she marrying? It kind of was probably Paul. And we had a flashback with Toadie and Mel that we didn't know was a flashback. We thought it was real. But no, Therese Willis actually married Toadie Rebecca. That's the thing that happened. That's the thing that now exists in this new alliteration of Neighbours. That's real. (laughs) It's not a dream. (laughs) Harold's not demented. This actually happened. And I'm not one of those people that gets attached to fictional characters. But when I saw them kiss, I felt this absolute sense of being repulsed. I couldn't look directly at them. I had to look around them. It was so strange. I've never felt like that outside of real life. I've never felt like that looking at characters before. But it just felt so strange that this couple should be together and I want to talk about why why did I feel that way and actually when I went through the various forums I was not alone everybody else felt the same as well so let's get into that so why is it so strange that Toadie a successful lawyer with two children should be marrying Therese a successful businesswoman who I mean let's say she's got three and a no she's got two and a half children because one of them's no longer with us okay let's say she's got two children on paper they do seem like the sort of people that would go out with each other they're both focused work driven they care about their families however I would say the difference is Therese is an adult and Toady is a child that's the problem let's look at the most recent relationships that these two characters had. Toadie and Mel, and she was significantly older than him. The whole thing there was that she had ceramic pigs all over the house and enjoyed many of the similar hobbies that he did. They had a lot of fun and they were children together. And the other relationship Therese and Paul, they have very similar goals. They're very goal-orientated and they are very business-driven and it's all bottom-of-the-line, girl-boss, corporate jargon all the time from those two. That's their love language, corporate jargon. So that makes sense with the people they were with. And we have seen... I mean, I saw a lot of people saying, I've never seen Therese and Toadie in a room before. That's not true. She almost worked for him when he needed someone to run the Sonia Rebecca Foundation. Therese almost took that job and she was very good. And you could tell that Toadie respected Therese. And I think Therese kind of respected Toadie. But there's a big gap between respecting someone because they work really hard on this organisation or there seemed to be a very good businesswoman or a great dad and then saying, yeah, I also hit that and now we're married. (laughs) And for me, there needed to be way more explanation Two years simply was not enough time to have passed for this momentous thing to have happened. It would have been easier to swallow if they had just knocked down the whole of Ramsey Street and turned it into one giant tower block looming over Australia. (laughs) 
<laughs> Wait, no. <laughs> That's dystopian. <laughs> that would have been easier to swallow than this. This was extremely strange. <laughs> and kind of took me out of the rest of the other episodes. Because I kept waiting for the other shoe to drop. And for these four episodes, it didn't. It didn't drop. It doesn't seem like Paul's got any Machiavellian plan to break them up. And Mel was nowhere to be seen. She's just vanished. Everybody seemed not okay with this wedding, but at the same time, did absolutely nothing to stop it. And I also have to say, why are they not okay with this wedding? Out of the spouses that both of them have had, the fact that Piper... Therese's daughter did not want to come to her wedding of Toady, a roughly ordinary, okay kind of guy, when she attended, well, didn't attend, but didn't exactly say, uh, I object to her mum marrying the most evil person who exists in the universe of Ramsey Street, Paul Robinson. No, that was fine, but Toady, no, that's one step beyond. The fact that Imogen and Daniel had to come all the way from America just to make sure everything was going to go okay with the wedding because they had their doubts. Why? Why did they have their doubts? I'll tell you why they had their doubts. Because they, like the rest of us, thought that this was bananas. This is bonkers. And while I was horrified at first, and I do think ultimately this is one of those relationships that is doomed to fail because... The fact that Paul still exists, the fact that he is there and the fact that Therese and Paul have so much chemistry. Therese and Tony seem to have no chemistry. They seem to be awkward people who'd been asked to kiss at a function when they had no expectation that that would be happening, even though this is their wedding day and we must assume they've kissed before and done other stuff. Why did I put that into my head? Please, no. (laughs) I think the writers have set themselves up. They've set themselves as a task here that could go one way or another way. The first way it could go, and the way I think it will go, is that this is preferred couple territory. So some notable examples of preferred couples are things like Ross, and Rachel from Friends. And in this scenario, Paul and Therese are the Ross and Rachel, and Toadie is the Emily of this situation. It is something to be overcome, and eventually they will get back together. If that is the scenario that the writers have chosen, how much should we be expected to invest as an audience in this coupling, only for it to end with Paul and Therese back together and Toadie either with another partner or back with Mel. Well, we have seen this on Neighbours before, specifically with Paul and Therese and a character called Gary Canning. Gary Canning, I'm going to put this kindly, he was the clown of Ramsey Street for a number of years and also an ex-convict who never seemed to get it quite right. Therese ended up in a relationship with Gary 
after the breakdown of her first marriage and her cancer diagnosis. It started as a series of casual, funny hookups that slowly developed into a relationship that I never felt Therese could get out of. I think she ended up with Gary simply because she couldn't say, I don't want to be your girlfriend, Gary. (laughs) But bubbling away in the background all the time was Therese and Paul. The fact that they'd started having feelings for one another again, that they were hooking up behind Gary's back, that the entire audience wanted Therese and Paul together and clearly the writers also wanted that as well and the impediment was Gary himself standing between them but as a writer myself I can see why they used Gary the way they did to put a pause on the Paul-Therese relationship just for a little bit because often and we've especially seen this in Neighbours with Chloe and Ellie and Aaron and David, two relationships that started with a lot of promise, a lot of excitement and great chemistry. And once the couples were together, the chemistry just disappeared. In the case of Chloe and Ellie, they broke them up only to get them back together in the finale. With Aaron and David, they just kept them together And the pair of them just wandered off into boring monogamy, being together. Yes, that was their thing. Now, perhaps after the finale, they sat down and realised that they didn't have enough stories for Paul and Therese. That they kind of cycled through all of the ideas that they had for them and they had to do something. So I can understand that this will provide more fuel for that particular fire. Paul being Machiavellian, trying to get back with Therese. Therese thinking about Paul while she's... I mean, look, just take the Gary-Therese-Paul love triangle and cut Gary's face off of the promo images and just put Toadie's face on there because that's kind of how this will play out. Or, this is for real, there is no Therese and Paul. That's in the past. This is now how it's going to be. It's going to be Toadie and Therese. That's that's it. They are together. We are going to have to live with this. (laughs) And all I can say is, oh God, I wish they'd never killed Sonia. (laughs) Sonia, who was a character that I never got on board with and never really liked. It's just been pretty much one disaster after another for Toadie since she left. Because really he should have been with D. But then if D wasn't available, which she wasn't, it should. Mel was perfectly fine. They were perfectly fine. Why have you done this? <laughs> Why? So I think what I'm trying to say here is that I'm a little bit worried that the writers have backed themselves into a corner with this relationship that they're not going to be able to get out of with any sort of ease. Now, I am here for the long haul. I am going to watch for the next two years because that is the contract that Neighbours currently has with Amazon and Freebie. So 
fingers crossed we see this play out for a lot longer than that but I'm excited to see what happens because I didn't see this coming it was not on my bingo card and kind of that's what makes it good because let me put it this way if neighbours had come back and it had been as if they just hit pause but some people hadn't been around anymore that would have been great and it would have been very comforting and nice but suddenly finding out that Toadie and Teresa are together well that might actually get a whole new audience watching people are like wasn't he with like what went on and Paul and and that's what this is really about it's about servicing the fans not in that way <laughs> and also trying to get neighbors back in the zeitgeist because it's there People were interested in it coming back. It's done this exceptionally amazing thing. It's risen from the dead. And yeah, they've given us a story to talk about. This crazy story of this weirdly mismatched couple. And I've had a bit of time to think about it. And yeah, I'm on board. Not with them. I don't want to see them again. (laughs) Again, I'm not quite ready to see them kiss or do anything intimate. I'm not there yet. But yeah, in terms of all the ways it could have come back, all the disasters that it could have been, this is actually pretty good. And I thought the first two episodes were a bit jarring, were a bit rocky. But by the third and the fourth, I was right back in it. And I was laughing like I had always laughed at Neighbours. Because Neighbours is so ridiculous, you can't help but laugh at it. And I'm just going to finish this by saying... I'm so glad it's back and I'm excited for what comes next because these are the first four episodes and they were wild. We have got more to come and that is exciting.